This is chapter 17 of Len Bertain's War and Waste Paradox, read by Len Bertain. In class the next morning, we got into a discussion of the causes of some of the wastes. It was actually pretty exciting. Dr. L.B. and Mac were directing the discussion around the inventory control problem that had been identified earlier as a $5 million waste. The issue turned to point of control. Dr. Elby was explaining, and Delmer, one of the MRP controls, production control supervisors, began to argue. I don't care what you say, Dr. Elby. The storeroom has to control what goes on out in the shop. We must be able to know when all the jobs are running and be able to schedule the materials for each job for each machine. That way we can know what's going on and control the jobs. Right now, no one knows what's going on out there. We should be the point of control, not anyone else. Certainly, you don't expect them to be the point of control. Dr. Hubby sort of smiled and answered, The only thing I expect out of you and the company is that you will organize business to minimize waste and maximize profits. Do you understand that, Delmer? There are three problems associated with the point of control. One of them is multiple points of control. That happens when you have one person, more than one person, who can start an event or an action. Gus and Tony were sitting next to each other, and they managed to laugh about the situation. The second problem is the wrong point of control. And the last point, last problem is no point of control. The wrong point of control occurs when the control is activated by the wrong person or department. We've already discussed why storerooms are a waste. They don't add value. In my definition of a waste, we want to get rid of them, don't we? So why would you want the storeroom to control anything, especially if you want to get rid of it? All I'm saying, Delmer, is that the storeroom is the wrong place and the wrong point for control. The point of control should be the shot. Does everyone see that? Delmer really got defensive. You mean to tell me that my job of managing the storeroom is a waste? That there shouldn't be a storeroom? Dr. Elby looked at him and said, right. And where should the storeroom be? Jim jumped in. Are you telling us that we should build a storeroom out in a shop floor? That would even be a bigger waste of money. No, not really. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that you shouldn't have any storeroom, any inventory at all. Inventory is a waste. It should be eliminated completely. You should put the burden on your suppliers in exchange for some guarantees. You should strengthen your relationship with your suppliers. We'll talk about this later. Believe me, it can be done. But I'm sure you can all find reasons why it won't work here. Right, Delmer? Delmer got back into it. Dr. LB, I think you're insulting us. We do a good job in the storeroom. And you're saying that we're waste? Calm down, Delmer. First of all, 
I know you were doing a good job. Everyone says you are. The question I come back to all the time is this. Are you doing the right work? Delmer, we did a process map flow of the order into the shop from the sales department. Over 60% of the steps from the arrival of an order to the shop until a shop job was completed involved material tracking operations. To my way of thinking, that is extremely excessive. We costed out the number of minutes to process the material tracking operation, and it was at least 30 hours per day for everyone in the operation. That amounts to a waste of $750 per day, or $187,500 of waste per year, just to track orders. That's amazing. Why should you do that? Delmer is getting even more defensive. Because that's the way our computer system or our MRP system tracks jobs. You have to understand that an MRP system is a very sophisticated piece of software. If those steps are there, they are there for auditing reasons and a whole host of other reasons. They're all needed. Believe me, they are needed. Dr. Elby wasn't going to let Delmer off the hook. He bored right in with some more questions. Delmer, could you go get me a routing sheet for the product that accounts for most of your business? If you go get that routing sheet, then maybe you can explain some things to me. Delmer said he didn't really know which one to get. Mr. Grimes had told him that the 255MT was the big, biggest mover, and so Delmer headed out the door. While he was gone, Dr. LB explained the concept, Kanban concept of controlling product flow on the shop floor and in assembly. He explained to us that Kanban means to signal in Japanese or a signal in Japanese. Kanban was a signal to order a batch of widgets, to make a batch of grommets, or to fill an empty Kanban box with nuts or bolts. It was a signal that contained key information about the part. If a series of parts were required to fill an empty box, the Kanban order would tell the machinist where the drawings were. He explained that one of the ways to use an MRP system and a Kanban system was in fact pretty clever. Mac explained that most MRP systems identify a primary and secondary location for each part. Some even allow four or more locations for every part. And it turns out that your MRP system has that capability. We've used it at other shops. At that moment, Delmer came back, and with him was John Alphonse, the data processing manager, and another guy I didn't recognize. John introduced the other guy, as his computer sales rep. He wanted to sit in on the discussion and ask Mac and Dr. LB if it was okay. They didn't mind. Then the fireworks started. Boy, was this going to get fun. I could just see it. Gelmer gave Mac and Dr. LB each copies of the routing sheet for the 255MT. Mac looked at it a minute, and Dr. LB went down the hall to make a transparency. He came back quickly 
and gave the overhead to Mac, who put it on the overhead projector and began. Ah, here it is, just like we thought. Let's look at the beginning of the routing sheet for a moment. In the MRP, you start with the following sequence. Move from the storeroom to the first operation, the day of the operation. Wait for the machine's availability per schedule. Set up the machine, one hour. Run the parts, 16 hours, 54 minutes. Move to storage area for subassembly. You heard Dr. LB and me saying that we were expecting to find something. Ah, here it is. At this point, John Alphonse took over for Delmer. John was going to defend this document. The reason I came in here is that I heard about what you did over at Prescott's with their MRP system, and you're not going to do that here. I have one of the better shops around the area, and I feel we can change other things, but we don't want to mess with the MRP system and the materials flow that we have established. That's my territory. And you aren't going to go do to me what you did to Peter Schmidt at Prescott. Mac looked at Dr. Elby, and they both had puzzled looks on their faces. Mac asked John, Would you please tell me what we did to Peter? I talked with him about two weeks ago, and he seemed pretty happy. So what did we do to him that was so bad? He has a slightly different position than the one he had before, and I thought he liked the new job. Maybe you know something we don't. John went on, I talked with Peter about six months ago, and he was ready to kill both of you guys for messing, messing with his operation. He had one of the better MRP shops around, and I know what you did. John almost sound deranged. Mac was trying to be gentle, but John interrupted him as soon as he started to speak. I'm telling you guys, don't mess with my operation. At this point, Mr. Grimes got into discussion. John, I really don't like your attitude. I thought you were a little more professional than this. You may not like that things are going to be changed and that things need to be changed. Some of the changes may affect your organization, but don't let me hear you say anything like that again. Everything is up for change. Even your department, someone in the background mumbled, maybe even your job. Mr. Grimes stood up and the company account rep moved his chair away from John Alphonse. You could tell when the blood was going to be spilled, this guy was not going to be anywhere near the blood. And furthermore, why did you come into this class? Your class is after lunch, John answered sheepishly. Well, Delmer needed my help, and I offered to come in and help him in his discussions. Mr. Grimes responded boldly. Actually, I was very impressed by Delmer. He seemed to be holding his own against Dr. L.B., even though he was a little bit defensive about your MRP system. As Dr. L.B. has shown me over the last several weeks, I should respect and suspect whenever I see someone objecting, there's something hidden there that I want to know about. So why are you and Delmer so defensive? Are you guys hiding something? John immediately stood his ground. We aren't hiding anything, Mr. Grimes. We just don't think the MRP should be changed. We've worked so hard to make it right. We can do scheduling every week right on target. We get all of our reports to you on time, 
and we leave an accurate tracking on our inventory. Dr. LB and Mac are trying to change all that. I'm just protecting the system that all the people in my work department have worked so hard to create. It works. Why fool with it? I had been looking at the overhead during this discussion, and I suddenly saw what Dr. LB and Mac had been looking for. It was right there. So I jumped in. You know, I, I beg to differ with you, John. Everyone turned to look in my direction. It was a good feeling. I knew what I was going to say, and I said it. As I see it, your system does not work. And I think I see why. Look at the information up on the board. It shows a one-hour setup. I set up that job two days ago, and it took six hours and 35 minutes, not one hour. And the runtime was not 16 hours and 54 minutes. It's currently been running over 22 hours and is still five hours from completion. It would appear to me that if you're going to brag about your system, you'd better make sure you don't have a lot of garbage in it. Tony and Gus both said simultaneously, Right on, my man, right on. So I continued, I think you have bad data and your schedules are always wrong. Overtime is a big waste. If you follow your schedule, we're always going to have to work overtime. That is not an efficient way to run any shop. If I have learned anything as a machinist and as a manager and from this class, it is that. I think if we manage the shop with your schedule, quality pumps will be broken a month. Your system may work in your office, but it certainly doesn't help us run the shop. Actually, if we work together, we could find a way to use your system. But believe me, right now, it doesn't help us run anything. You don't have to be defensive, John. We don't hate you. We just think that the system you think is so great really isn't. It's not your fault. We're not blaming you. We've at least learned that in this class. Just make it work in a way that will help us get the work out. We know you can. We just don't think we need to worship your, quote, fine work. Give us information that helps us. Mac looked at me and said, boy, that was good. I guess you're catching on. Mr. Grimes was acting as if he had to go. He jumped up and asked if he could face the class. Mac walked away from the front of the class and gave Mr. Grimes a lot of room. Discussion had gotten, gotten him agitated, and everyone could see what he was about to say was very serious. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think everyone understands that I am serious when I say I want this business to get fixed. If the systems aren't working, fix them. And that's the end of Chapter 17, Part 1. Looking forward to seeing you in Chapter 17, Part 2. Thank you very much.